Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Laughlin. Welcome to the Devil's Pausecast, as we hope we find this uh, news coming your way with uh, good news surrounding you. Uh, we appreciate your joining us, but we hope that you're safe and healthy. And as we get a little closer to coming out of this, uh, we see a little ray of sunshine. And I know we're all excited about that. When that happens, when hockey comes back, nobody really knows. But it's good to hear about all these plans because the NHL uh, is focused on getting back into action. It is my pleasure to welcome as my co-host to this edition of the PauseCast, the radio play-by-play announcer for the Binghamton Devils, Rob Lapolis. Rob, thanks very much for joining us today. Matt, uh, I appreciate the invite. It's good to be doing something. Yes, indeed. Trying to stay busy. So how have things been for you and everyone up in Binghamton? Hopefully everyone's safe and healthy. Yeah, it it really um, it hasn't uh, affected this area like it has others, um, which is good. Right now, um, I'm at the arena right now, and and they have uh, a whole setup. The ice is out. They have about a, a hundred beds uh, ready to go just in case they need them. But uh, for right now, just doing what everyone says, trying to trying to lay low. And I live in the middle of nowhere, so that's easy. Uh, the New York, New Jersey area has definitely been hit very hard. It's good to hear that Binghamton has felt less of the effects of this pandemic. So that enables you probably to do more than we've been able to do here. So what have you been doing to stay busy? Uh, well, a, a lot of video games, actually. Uh, <laughs> I, I hadn't played a lot of video games prior, but uh, with with not much to do, uh, um, just firing up some some NASCAR, some NHL, Call of Duty, all the all the good ones, and doing a lot of fishing too. Trying to get out and uh, like the outdoors, and and that's where I live. So doing some hiking and and a lot of fishing. Well, we were excited here in New Jersey. The governor reopened the county parks and uh, state parks, and so we'll be able to get out and do a little hiking as well. So trout season is underway where you are, is it not? Uh, it is. I have yet to catch a single trout, though. Uh, okay, so what are you fishing of, for? More of a largemouth, smallmouth uh, bass uh, in uh, probably lakes, some rivers. Rivers are a little high, running a little fast right now. We're supposed to get a lot of rain. So uh, it, it hasn't been too good, but uh, I, I got out, did some golfing as well. They closed the courses down, and then uh, they opened a few of them back up. So haven't been out since then, but... Uh, I, I'd like to do some trout fishing, it, it, but uh, I'm nervous with the fly fishing. I feel like I just hook myself in, in the back of my neck. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, you go from there. Set the bar low, and, and then you move <laughs> forward. Uh, before we bring in our guests, uh, talk a little bit about your background uh, for those who are listening who are not familiar with how you got into the business and, and what the story is. How did it all come about for you? Uh, well, I'm actually from Binghamton, um, and when the affiliation was with the Senators, I, I got an internship here uh, when I was a junior in high school and just started doing fake games, I guess you could say, into a, an audio recorder up in a, a light loft here in the corner of the arena and um, just started from there, went to college at uh, SUNY Oswego up on Lake Ontario and, and did their games as well up there. And my first job was down in Corpus Christi, Texas in the NAHL. So Packed up my car, drove everything down there, and I was gone for, for seven years trying to work your way back up and uh, moved to Omaha, Nebraska after that in the USHL and was there for two years and then came back here and uh, 
luckily just it was the the job that was open just happened to be where I was from which was was really cool great for the hometown kid and uh, your path is one that's familiar to very many people in this business and uh, you're well on your way you're a success down in Binghamton and uh, someday you'll be in the NHL I'm fully confident so on that note let's bring in our guests uh, they are longtime friends longtime teammates on a lot of different levels Let's say hello to uh, Mike McLeod and Nate Bastian. Uh, Michael, thanks very much for joining us. How have things been for you during this pause? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, they've been uh, pr pretty good, I guess. Uh, but, you know, getting kind of boring now. I've just been hanging out at my, my house in Mississauga. I got my brothers here, and I guess that makes it a lot better. Just, uh, you know, we could hang out and, you know, do things outside in our backyard together and, you know, go on, go on rollerblades together. So that's been good. Trying to stay in shape. How hard has that been? I think we're doing a pretty good job. We got a nice uh, little setup in our backyard. We've been ordering uh, some equipment on Amazon. It's showing up uh, you know, you know, every couple of days. We got a new thing we forgot about. And, uh, you know, so that's been good. Nate Bastian, uh, what's keeping you busy these days? And just kind of take us through when you were told it was coming to an end, at least temporarily, and what's taken place since? Um, I've, uh, kind of like Mike, just trying to stay busy. I mean, um, we're used to being out and socializing and doing stuff all the time. So it's different. It's a big change for everyone. And, um, when we first found out, it was pretty hectic. Uh, Mike was in Jersey and, uh, I was in Binghamton, but it's kind of like now everybody's throwing out, uh, you know, what they hear and their ideas and their, their opinions of the situation. But the reality was we had to stop playing. So, um, it sucked, but, um, I guess there's bigger problems. And now, um, this is reality. So uh, I've been sitting around and doing a lot of nothing, but trying to stay in shape and um, like Mike being outside and that. So uh, I had a lot of family time as a result of it. So um, this might never happen again. So I guess take, make the most of it. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing that we're all doing. You guys play video games. Uh, you guys busy watching Netflix stuff. What do you do besides some exercise to occupy, occupy your time? Mike, we'll start with you. Yeah, I uh, I like to stay outside during the day and then, you know, take take a few hours and just go up, go upstairs, play, uh, play Xbox. I, I play NHL. I play uh, GTA a lot. Um, I don't know. I was never really big into like Fortnite or, or like Call of Duty or anything just because uh, it's terrible, like shooting games. Can never like like aim quick enough or whatever. I don't know. There's this had a that's why I had a huge uh, problem with that, so I never really uh, gave it a chance. But uh, I've been yeah been doing that, watching Netflix, uh, watch the new Michael Jordan thing. That's been cool. So it's been doing that. What did you find out about Michael Jordan in that era that you had no idea about? I don't know. You just kind of get to know his like his actual personality more, and see like you know he kind of would do whatever it takes for for him to win. He didn't really care about relationships or anything, and you know that was that was pretty interesting to see just how you know hardcore he was. And Nate, what about you? Any recommendations on Netflix or video games? Are you a Call of Duty guy, by the way? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, pretty open to anything on Xbox. I do play Xbox. I went through a stretch there, um, for a couple of weeks where I was logging probably too many hours and I can only get so much of it. I know during the season we get a lot of downtime too. So Xbox has always kind of been a part of my, my daily routine, but, um, 
whatever the boys are playing. I like Call of Duty, and we've been playing a lot of PGA lately. Uh, can't go golf outside, so we've been golfing inside on on the sticks. Um, as far as Netflix goes, I've been uh, pretty night, uh, pretty much every night, a couple of episodes or whatever. Um, I did uh, Tiger King. Um, I redid all of Prison Break again. Um, and I'm uh, I'm I'm on a, one of those uh, another one of those dumb reality T show uh, TV shows too hot to handle right now. That's pretty funny. Uh, Nate, uh, I will ask uh, your thoughts on Tiger King. It is just blow after blow in each episode. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I it was one of those ones where I turned it on, thought it was a little ridiculous, and then uh, I think it was three in the morning by by the time i finished the entire thing in one night um you're right it's like every couple uh every couple of minutes another hammer drops and then um, the the previous one just gets thrown under the rug and uh keeps you on your toes <laughs> through the whole series for sure so how long have you guys known each other uh you we know you played junior together drafted by the devils you played in the ahl the nhl uh when did you first come in contact with each other? Uh, 16, I'm pretty sure, right? Like this. Yeah, it I, was just the juniors? This is it junior level? Yeah, it was junior. Yeah, right, right, right out of junior. Mikey came. Um, I, was, I was playing on the Steelheads for like uh, basically half the year, um, the year before he came. So um, when he was 16, uh, he came onto the team and then um, – since then pretty much but it's kind of funny everyone kind of has this idea that we I think grew up together the entire way and we like hang out together every day in the summer and stuff too I'm pretty sure people think we have like bunk beds <laughs> but even in the summer I only get down in the saga maybe a handful of times for a couple concerts or something Good who, would get, who would get the top bunk Mike uh I I prefer top, so I. But I don't know. Usually, when we get uh, we're picking rooms, Nate gets the first pick because la our house last year he had, you know, a double king in his bed, and I could barely fit my. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess I guess it's ultimately what what Nate doesn't want. <laughs> Kind of, I'm kind of picturing the scene right now from Step Brothers where they're building the bunk bed and then he jumps on top and the whole thing collapses. Yeah, yeah. I heard my, Mike mention at one point how much room we had for activities. <laughs> <laughs> so how does it work out that, Nate, you, you get the first choice? Like, is that just because you got some stripes or what? Um, I think uh, I... I uh, kind of take over and I'm the coordinator as far as finding our house goes. So um, I put all the work in, I get us the best deal. And then uh, as a result, I get to pick the best room. So if Mike wants to do that next year, I'll let him take the reins. <laughs> no, you're good at that. So oh, that's life. But your room still like we had, we had pretty much identical rooms, but I found out uh, that his room probably had an extra five, six feet to it, like halfway through the year. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Uh, how did that come about is there a backstory how did you figure out he had a little extra room I was just walking through his room one day and 
looking for uh, some toothpaste and <laughs> this closet was probably double my size and I went back and measured my room. I was like, okay. I confronted him about it and he said, you chose that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. So Rob, why don't you lead us, if you will, to your perspective, and then we'll get the fellas perspective of the massive turnaround in Binghamton this year from just bad to terrific. Yeah, it uh, it was pretty wild. It was mid-December, right around, it was right after the Taylor Hall trade um, when Nick Merkley and Nate Schnarr came over. And, and that just really kick-started everything. And um, <clears throat> talking with, you know, Coach Denny and, um, you know, in interviews, defensive zone was a lot better. Uh, everything was clicking. And in that first win streak of eight games, they had uh, four different goaltenders help out and, and get wins during that when there were some call-ups, injuries, so on. Um, and, I mean, that run went right down to the, the final game there before the suspension. Uh, we were in Rochester. And then right after that, had to go to Laval for a game that was supposed to was going to be a huge uh, road weekend in Laval for two games. Uh, in the AHL, usually play Friday, Saturday night. Uh, the longer trips, you'll play the same team both nights. Uh, not, it's a lot different from the NHL schedule. But uh, so after that, got stuck in in Laval and had to come back. And I mean, the the turnaround was was unbelievable. And uh, so many fans from New Jersey were were coming to games when the Devils were on the road, and social media was buzzing. And it was it was something that you know the fans loved to see, and it was it was great to to watch it from up top. Nate, you were there the whole year. What was your perspective? Why did things turn around so dramatically? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's tough to put your finger on it. I remember um, coming home at Christmas and just talking to my buddies about um, how tough it's been and uh, how much our team was struggling, and then. Um, the start of it was probably uh, the Hall trade, getting um, a couple big pieces. Uh, Merkley and, and Schnarzi helped a lot. And then um, we kind of we talked about it as a group, too. It was going through the year, uh, the, first, the first half, I'll say, we, we would have games where our, our PP was really good and our PK was really bad. And then the next would be the opposite. And then... Um, it was just a matter of stringing some good games together and all playing well at the same time. And then um, things just started clicking. I think, like you said, going through a stretch there, um, four different goalies winning games. I think we just started to find a way. And um, once you get on a roll like that, uh, I guess it was kind of tough to stop us. There were some defensive changes, though, too, correct, uh, system-wise? Yeah. Um, I know Mark kept saying that. Um, something about uh, the, the definition of insane being uh, beating us up, ourselves up over uh, doing the same thing over and over and, and not making any changes. So um, that was a change. And uh, I guess, yeah, for sure helped. It kind of suited our system and our players a little better. So um, after the change, it wasn't right away. We kind of had to go south to go north. But once we figured it out, it was helpful. Mike, you were up and down. Uh, what's your perspective of, you know, what you left, what you came back to, what you left, what you came back to, that type of deal. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, first, like like Nick said, the first kind of half until Christmas was kind of, uh, you know, the same as last year, kind of 
you know, losing losing too many games in a row and some games we shouldn't have lost. And and then, uh, you know, once once Christmas hit, we made yeah we made some changes. And then uh, you know we were just we we at one point I remember we, we were we'd always be down by like a few goals, like going in the third. And then I don't know, you just could tell in the room no one was panicking. And and you know we ended up winning winning each each of those games. So it was uh, I think. I think it was just, it was more belief than anything. Like guys, guys wanted to win, and they they weren't just there for themselves. And I think uh, that was that was huge for us. Hey guys, uh, how how important? Like when you know I'm around you on the road and and everything, but in the locker room when you are playing so well and you're winning and you're so confident. I mean, what does that do? And and just to keep you guys rolling. Um, it, it, everything's way better when you're winning. Um, guys are happy. Everyone's smiling at the ring. Coach is happy. And, uh, it's, it's, it's obviously way more fun. And, um, being a part of a winning team there in the second half was awesome. And we were rolling and it was kind of sky's the limit, um, for us, uh, being nine, one and oh, in our last 10 and then having our season end like that, we were, we were pretty choked up about it. Um, having, um, the older guys, um, that we did, I think, helped a lot for sure. And how good I, – I know Mark would always talk about the, the veteran group that you guys had this year. How big of a role did they, they play in the locker room and on the ice to that turnaround? Um, I think uh, it kind of starts with them. So um, those guys are the foundation um, of our team. The older guys we had, um, Mel, Melchiori, um, Streeter, Tons, those are the kind of guys who are, um, they're there and they're there every day and they're the ones who um, they've won in the AHL before and um, I've said it before but the Devils have made a, a point of bringing a certain type of person um, into the organization, not just a certain type of player and you can kind of tell the older guys that we brought in this year were there for a reason and um, come March um, it was pretty obvious why we had them. You know, Rob referenced the AHL schedule. There are three and three. You know, you'll end things with a Sunday afternoon game that's got to be awfully, awfully draining. What's what's it like, uh, Mike, when you've got that third game? You play Friday night, Saturday night, and boy, three o'clock in the afternoon comes around awfully early on a Sunday. Yeah, I feel like there weren't as many this year than my first year, but uh, they're definitely they're definitely tired tiring and you know once you're on the bus and going to you know you're going somewhere and you're coming back home to play Sunday or something like that uh definitely it's definitely not ideal but uh you know you, you kind of find a way to get through it and, and you know have fun with it with the guys and that's uh I think that's how you got to do it kind of gel together as a team and kind of you know make the most out of it and you know sometimes those are the those Sunday games are your best games uh you, you find uh you know fuel out of nowhere and and uh, you, know, you play, you play, uh, you know, your best game. We we laugh at the college guys. They can't handle it with their their thirty game schedule coming out of college. The junior yeah. guys have done it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's not unfamiliar territory for you guys, right? No. no. Yeah, just just play through. Who complained the most? Who's the college guy that you that you roast a little bit? Oh, it's just it's just a huge college guy. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. yeah. So the three, the three and three sometimes gets the bread. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 He's got no idea. 
(laughs) (laughs) So listen, Rob was uh, kind enough to share the media day questionnaires that uh, you guys fill out. And I was curious, uh, I went directly to musical artists or bands. Um, So Florida Georgia line, Nate, that's uh, anything with FGL is good by you? Uh, Yeah, I I, uh, whenever, it's so dumb, whenever I get to questionnaire day, I get all nervous and I try and make it perfect. But like, I I don't even, uh, I don't think I really have a favorite band or singer. I um, I like country music. I um, enjoy that. So Florida Georgia Line was a band that came to mind. So I probably just wrote that down. I wouldn't say that I'm a live or die by uh, Florida Georgia Line, but I do like it. Now, you, you do know Rob, Rob puts a lot of time and effort into this questionnaire because he uses it to kind of enhance your personalities. I know uh, Pete Albeats does the same thing on the devil's level. I mean, come on, fellas, you got to take this a little more seriously. No, I think it's too serious. It's hard. I, I can't, I can never narrow it down to one answer. <laughs> the pressure's yeah. on. The one, the one answer that uh, did catch my mind uh, under who's the worst driver, Nate, you put Mike. Uh, do you have any specific examples? <laughs> I think that was a, Mike was the consensus answer as far as everyone's. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, not not to to completely pick on Mike, but at the end of the day, someone had to be the worst driver, so uh, I went with Mike. What what put what put him in the lead there? Uh, what do you think, Mike? I I, I don't know, man. But I don't like some people were voting me that haven't even met me at start of the year. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Mike's got a pretty clean driving record, I will say. Um, one time, he did run out of gas, though. <laughs> got to count for something. Oh, yeah, like, the corner around the rink, I, I, I was with Nate, and my, my car just completely stops moving. Right in front of uh, Dillinger's, actually. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's driving past me, like, like nothing's wrong and then Sini finally you know pulls aside and takes the gas station we had to go fill it up it, it, it was just a long process that could have been avoided by me putting gas in my car <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's generally pretty that's uh, that simple right but you, you didn't notice the yellow light on like all cars have that little gas you know handle no, I, and it goes on yellow and it means you're coming close no, I know it was it was like right at the end, but uh, my trucks always had like this extra little little boost at the end that would get me get me around for another forty minutes. So I kind of I kind of lost a little trust in it after that. <laughs> well, I, I didn't run out of I I can relate though because I didn't run out of gas, but I was driving with my wife and actually we were in her car and the light comes on. It tells you you've got forty miles, you've got thirty miles. And I kept, we were in the middle of central Jersey, which you would think there's a gas station anywhere, but we were kind of in the Pinelands area and there is no gas station. It's 25, it's 20. And she says, if we run out, it's 15. It's, we got down to less than 10 when finally I saw the neon sign and I pulled into the gas station. So I get it for pushing it. My wife was giving me, you know, grief for not, you know, 40 miles, 50 miles earlier. It was on. Why didn't you want to put a little gas in it? But, ah, well, we'll find one. So I, I can, but we didn't run out. 
I will say. I, I have to say my worst one in Omaha, my front left tire came completely off my car. And I was in the I was in the left lane and there was an elevated median, so it's not like I could just pull over. So I had to just keep on going and uh, sparks were sparks were flying. So running out of gas is I I wish I could have run out of gas. That would have been good. And I'm sure no one, you know, that doesn't come up anymore, does it, Mike? Uh, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like here, like now. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody stops. Like, I mean, they're just well, like I, I, Everyone yeah, stopped to take a picture. Yeah, everyone was taking pictures of me and then. <laughs> yeah. Is anybody in the car with you? Nate was. Oh. <laughs> We're going to pick no. up our pregame meal. No wonder you put him as the worst driver. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I get it. Well, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully that's behind. I'm just trying to. Well, and then we should we should note that uh, let's see who what did you say? I didn't get to that to that part on the uh, Mike McLeod uh, questionnaire. So do we had did you put somebody down for that? I don't know if we got there for you. Anyway, who would you be your choice for worst driver? Uh, oh no, you did put it down, Colton White. <laughs> <laughs> What's the story there? I, I don't know. I think Colton's just easy, like pretty heavy on the horn whenever I'm in the car with him. He likes to honk a lot. <laughs> pretty much out everything. There's probably averages five honks per 10 minute car ride with him. So <laughs> I, I guess it doesn't make him a bad driver, more more an angry driver. But I'd probably give it to like one of the Euros now if I had to redo it. Just, <laughs> just assuming they, they're not the best drivers. <laughs> <laughs> But Nate, you uh, how is your car doing after that Syracuse trip? Oh, it's gone. I uh, I had to uh, make sure I had a car that I could go on the highway on, so I had to get a new vehicle. Oh. <laughs> There's a backstory I think we need to hear about. Um, yeah. So um, it was the game before. Uh, well, two games before actually. It was the weekend before Christmas break, and um. Was it, were we in Syracuse on yeah. Saturday, Rob? Yeah. Yeah, so we were allowed to drop our cars off in Syracuse, uh, kind of full with our stuff uh, that we we're going to take home for the break. And then we played a game in Rochester, so the bus was going to swing by. We were going to play in Rochester and then go on the bus back to Syracuse. So then after the game in Syracuse, our car was already there. We could just get in our car and go straight home rather than waste another hour going back to Binghamton. So on the way to Syracuse before the weekend, um, I was supposed to get picked up by the bus at, I guess, uh, I don't know, we'll just say like two o'clock and we were driving. It was, it was around noon. We went a little early and my car um, completely broke down on the, on the side of the road um, on the way to Syracuse to go drop it off. So it was kind of a huge headache. And I was worried too about not having a car now to get back home for Christmas break. So I had to take it into the, uh, I got a tow and I took it over to the dealership in Syracuse and it all worked out. Um, before the game against Syracuse, I went to go um, pick it up and they said, yeah, it's good to go now. And uh, I was pretty happy the situation worked out. And then after the game, I got in the car and I was on the highway for probably 10 or 20 minutes and it broke down again. So um, that was it for me with that car. Uh, I, I toughed it out. Um, my parents, I uh, was lucky enough to get their car for, the, the rest of the season there. But as soon as I got home, I made sure I uh, got a new set of wheels. 
you never know where the pause cast is going to go. So w- what, what are you guys thinking about what lies ahead? Uh, I'm sure you've heard the stories that if the NHL and the league is planning to come back, but it's really dependent on local and medical authorities. We understand that, but that there'll be an expansion of rosters. Like where, where, where's your head out now in terms of preparing for the next time you'll be on the ice? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of hard not knowing when you would be on the, the ice next, but they've done a pretty good job of updating us uh, what's going on and, and when we, you know, could potentially see hockey coming back again, but, or, you know, when we potentially, uh, you know, return to, our, you know, the team city or something. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, you just got to keep your legs moving around here and, you know, try rollerblading and, you know, you kind of wish you were in Sweden right now because there's 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 ice everywhere apparently. So, um, yeah, it's just it just it it kind of sucks not knowing when you're gonna be on the ice next. Nate. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's kind of like nobody really has any idea um, about anything right now. But at the end of the day, um, hockey's a business, and they're gonna do the best bit business decision possible and if they're able to finish the season I'm sure they will so um, that's what they're pushing for and that's what everybody's hoping for I as far as the AHL goes um, I think um, the chances are probably a little less but again that's that's just my opinion and um, for me personally it's just kind of doing what I always do I like to work out and stay active anyway so um, things don't really alter and if the devil season does come back and they need a couple extras obviously that's something I'd love to be a part of Rob, what, what, what are you hearing on the uh, AHL level? What can you tell us what's uh, the story in, in Binghamton in terms of the conversation and things like that? Well, like I said, the the ice is out right now, and they have the uh, it all set up in, in case. They're not using the beds right now, but um, it's it's just a precaution that they took. Uh, it's we, we know nothing right now, but, you know, all the minor league teams, uh, no matter what, you know, sport it is, uh, they depend on, you know, people in the seats um, and, and, you know, sponsorship, so on and so forth. So, you know, it's, you know, you think the longer they wait, the, you know, less likely it is that uh, the season would come back. I mean, it would be awesome, though, obviously, to see where uh, things would have ended up with the run. I think they, they, they were, uh, the Devils were three points uh in front of the fifth place team and the fourth place team uh, in each division makes the playoffs. So they were in a, a playoff spot at, right when the season got suspended. So uh, I, I don't think it's, it, it seems unlikely right now uh, with how long it's been that the AHL season would start back up. It's just to, two totally different leagues and than the NHL. Well, we certainly are keeping our eye and ear uh, eyes and ears open uh, to see what uh, what the news will be, and we're anxious for the restart. So, tell me, uh, Mike, something that maybe people don't know about Nate. Um, Aside from the fact that he takes the biggest room. Yeah, well, I when someone asks me this, I, I automatically just go to uh, Nate's mouth. He has an extra number seven tooth. So he has, uh, you know, two, two teeth 
to replace one tooth on uh, yeah, I forget what side of his mouth, number seven though. So he's an extra tooth in his mouth. Nate, is that true? You have two teeth, one right behind the other on the right side? No, they're right beside each other, yeah. Yeah, see? You see? Well, well, our listeners won't be able to see, but on the Zoom on the Zoom call that we're conducting this over, yes, you can you can check it out. So, uh, does that cause any problems, brother? Uh, it is now because I I uh, my two front teeth died, so they gave me some nice fake ones, but I think they made them a little too big, so now my mouth is all jammed up. The, the <laughs> dentist actually uh, recommended a, a nice new set of braces uh, this past year, but I think I'm gonna pass on that. <laughs> to make chewing uh, a little hard no no i i got honestly i i don't think or hear about it ever until mike uh brings it up for whatever reason he thinks it's pretty funny <laughs> by the way you know anyone who listens to this will tell somebody and you're guaranteed to have this part of the next time you run into a fan in binghamton or in new jersey they will say hey uh nate can i see that too <laughs> there it is. So, like, well, once you look at it, you can't stop looking at it. If you if you notice it, then you know it's there for life, man. So <laughs> I got uh, I got one that I just found out. I don't know how I didn't know this. Um, Nate was a star. Have you seen Goon, Matt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nate is a star in the movie Goon. He was actually in the movie, and I didn't believe it. I literally immediately went and looked at it, and he was there grabbing, uh, grabbing uh, Doug Glatt, trying to go with him. <laughs> is this true, or is this an urban myth? No, this is true. <laughs> so tell us that story. My goodness. You know what? Put the hockey aside. These, these stories are the best. Uh, yeah. I, um, I, think it was, I think it was grade 12 um, I was in in high school they're grade 11 or grade 12 and it was in the spring and I got an email and it was basically um, for tryouts to be a special background extra in the movie Goon. And um, at the time I didn't have a job and um, I was looking for some sort of work and this would have been pretty cool to be a part of. So um, it kind of started out, I was just excited to get the day off school to go to the tryouts. And um, I remember the first tryout was, uh, it was a rink, it was a small rink in Toronto and there's hundreds of people who show up to the tryouts and it was literally, you just put your gear on to do one lap of the ice. They just wanted to see if you could skate or not. And there was like a couple hundred people that got cut. There's people that show up to the tryouts that couldn't skate at all. And then um, kind of followed after that, um, two or three more tryouts. And eventually uh, I got a call saying I got the part. So um I was an extra and it was pretty cool. Um, I, uh, they took care of me really well. They, they paid me a little bit and, and they kept me fed on set. Like you kind of just sit there in my gear and eat all day. It was pretty funny. Um, showbiz is, is interesting. They always say, hurry up and wait. They, they make me sit there in all of my gear, like helmet done up, gloves on. Cause if they called me, I had to hurry up to the ice. And there was a day I sat there in all of my gear eating like sandwiches and stuff for 12 hours and they didn't need me a single time. And then they just sent me home after. So, uh, I was probably, I probably worked, uh, 10 or 12 days for about, um, probably half a second of FaceTime in the movie. So that's cool. When, when it, uh, when it came out, did you 
bring a bunch of people with you and say, there's my half second. Don't, don't blink. You might miss it. Or did you know yeah. it was a half second? Were you, were you expecting more or did you know um, that you? Honestly, I was expecting a little bit more. Um, I was hoping for a little more. I, my half second of showtime is like in the first five minutes of the movie too. So for the last hour and a half, I was just like waiting to see me again. And then I never saw myself. And then uh, it was the first time at the movie theater I ever waited to watch the credits. And then I saw my name come up on the credits. and I was pretty pumped. That is very cool. That is awesome. Well, you know, Erica Wachter, who does uh, work for Madison Square Garden Networks, uh, she does, you know, pregame, postgame, intermissions, on ice. I, I know both of you know her. She was in a movie too recently, Uncut Gems. And so you guys can share stories about what it's like to sit around. I don't know if she ate sandwiches for 12 hours on the set. I have a funny feeling that might not be part of her story, but you guys can share. Uh, What's her role in that movie? She actually pl basically plays herself. She does an interview. At the end, uh, she interviews uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, I, I won't say at the end, but in the movie, she interviews Kevin Durant. So she yeah, plays I, uh, herself, certainly. Kind of like you, Nate. I mean, you played a hockey player. She played a reporter. Yeah, I, uh, it was funny. The person who sent me the email, by the end of it, claimed that they were my movie agent. And um, <laughs> he, he threatened me that if I, if I didn't pay his percent, that I was positive i didn't owe him then he would never get me in another movie again and i said that that was okay it was time for my acting career to uh come to an end anyways hey listen but you've got that to talk about but but you didn't get the bug like you you, you did it turn you on at all for any bit where you thought hey wow this is pretty cool like i could i could maybe do this besides play hockey. Oh, oh um no not really uh not at all i wasn't uh like i would have loved to have a line uh, in the movie, that would have been cool, but even then, it's uh, acting's pretty pretty tough. It might uh, sometimes I think they make it look easy, but actually on set and seeing how stuff actually works, it's pretty difficult. Yeah, anyone who's worked on a movie says it's not what you think. It is a lot of work, and it may not be as exciting as the finished product because it's a lot of waiting, as you mentioned, sitting around, and then it's a lot of repeat, repeat, say the line again, say it a little differently. Uh, that there can be drudgery that comes into the making of a movie. All right, so Nate, tell us something we don't know about Mike. Um, I don't know. I, whenever, whenever somebody, Mike, Mike's a pretty interesting topic as far as uh, this, this kind of thing goes. He's uh, obviously pretty funny. And um, whenever we get new guys on the team or something like that, Mikey's always like, uh, I know like Paliot and, and Melchiori and Binghamton, they love asking me about Mikey's stories. And whenever I get put on the spot like that, I don't even know where to begin. It's like, it's like I've been a part of too many Mikey stories to the point where I just forgot. All <laughs> All right. Well, that, that, that's fair. Fair enough. Rob. No, I, uh, I was going back to the, the movie there, Nate, uh, quickly. What, you know, the, watching that scene, there's the the stands were were packed. So you know how to to film that short scene. I mean, there were so many cuts. So how long did that take? Um. So there wasn't actually fans there. Uh, that's all fake. So um, there was, I think, maybe a couple scenes. They would only put fans, like real people, in the first couple rows at most. Um, 
in one scene they would they would honestly they would have to nail the scene uh the play that we were doing on the ice we would have to nail it from like five different camera angles like 10 times like it would take hours to get like three seconds of footage and um funny you mentioned that about the fans because i was i was kind of wondering that too as far as technology has came i wonder um if they did finish the nhl without fans i wonder if they could make it look like there was fans there on tv it's a good point never thought of it yeah sound like there's fans yeah, that's the thing that I'm curious about, right? Like playing in front of nobody. I mean, you guys get you guys get some juice out of the fans, of course. The energy. I mean, you're pumped to play, but whether it's a roar as you come off, you know, come on the ice with the home crowd cheering you, or just kind of the buzz in an opposing rink, like that's a big part of the performance, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I think. Sorry, Mike. I think. Um, oh, yeah. For like uh mike and myself um being younger guys who are who are bubble guys um it's a lot it's a lot easier to to get up for games and i think that um in the games that i have played there was like the fans didn't even exist because i was so focused kind of on what i had to do and um i think if you're an older maybe more established guy in the nhl i think it would be really weird stepping out on the ice to no fans but um, me uh, and the idea of even playing an NHL game, uh, I don't. I, I truthfully have no idea how that would affect me. How about you, Mike? Yes, yeah, same same kind of thing. Uh, you know, obviously, obviously, fans are you know what what uh, can make hockey so great, especially especially in the playoffs. So, but yeah, for me, same thing as Mike. Uh, I don't think it'll really affect. You know how I go into a game. Obviously, you want to play in the NHL, and you know at at what whatever cost it takes. And if there's no fans, then then what? You know that that sucks. But uh, you know it's still it's still gonna be able to get up for the game, obviously, and and they'll still be still be fun. But uh, you know for, for playoffs, though, it's, it's you know watching playoffs on TV. It's always exciting to see you know the fans and the seats, and you know. You know the the towels they they swing around so for whatever you know color the team is so that that's gonna be a you know kind of a a miss but you know, other than that uh, for me personally it won't won't be hard getting up for the game. Well, the truth of it is, sorry, Rob, we're we're in uncharted territory. So whatever happens, this is just what you have to do. Sorry, Rob. No, you're you're fine. We uh, I don't know if if both of you guys were here for this, but I think it was last year. Uh, against Laval was already in town, I think, and we had like two or three feet of snow, and everyone wanted to cancel the game, but the team was already here, uh, and I there had to have been maybe fifty to a hundred people there. Do you guys there remember that? Five. There was five. Five. <laughs> yeah, I was one of them. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. Because I have the crowd mics hanging above the ice, and uh, went could hear everything. Yeah, no, that was that was really weird. It was still, it was still obviously, it was still playable, and you kind of, it was only weird like when you first step on the ice and you're doing kind of your hot lap before you sit on the bench for the anthem and that you're like looking around and you're kind of like, is this like an inner squad game at camp? But then yeah. as the game goes on, like mid, you know, second period or or whatever, you kind of forget about it. So, and I think even then the anthem singer couldn't come. Uh, both of them for the uh, 
for both anthems. And then uh, they just had to play uh, right off of YouTube, I think, honestly, through the speakers. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know that, but that's funny. <laughs> well, the ability for athletes to focus is amazing. So you can kind of shut out that, yeah, you might hear it, of course, and get juiced by it. But the reality is you're so focused on your job, you block a lot of things out. Uh, I'll wrap things up on this. And then, Rob, you, if you have another question or two, that's fine. Uh, for both of you, uh, Mikey, I think it was a dozen games you got in with the Devils this year. Nate, uh, you spent the entire year with the AHL, but you're both down on that prospect list for New Jersey. Uh, I'll start with you, Nate. What's it going to take to get another taste of the NHL and more than a taste, kind of stick around? And where are you, do you think, in your development? Um, yeah, it's, it's so tough to tell because um, you can count you can count numbers and you can make lines um, going into camp. And then um, all of a sudden uh, you get two new forwards on July 1st and then you show up at camp and um, some young Swedish kid will make the team anyways. And uh, it's not really worth it. So, um, yeah, like you said, I spent the year in Binghamton, but um, that at the end of the day is it's okay. And um, still, I'm still young and, um, as long as every year I get better and I get better at hockey and uh, that's the goal and that's kind of all I can control so this year I was a pretty late cut at camp and obviously I had hopes to be used in New Jersey and um, I didn't but um, I got better at hockey this year so uh, I, I kind of feel confident about uh, not kind of I do feel confident about the position I am and um, not really sure uh, obviously where management thinks I'm at, but I'd hope um, they notice the direction I'm headed. So um, all positive over here. And Mike? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, same same kind of thing. Two, two uh, you know, pretty solid years in, in Binghamton. I think I've gotten better, you know, each year of hockey. So I think, uh, you know, hopefully we get the season going again this year and um, I know in New Jersey, uh, you know, we're we're on a decent kind of roll roll there. When I uh, when I was up those last uh, you know five six games, I think we were doing pretty well. So uh, hopefully we get back to that, and uh, you know I can get get back in the lineup and you know and try and uh, continue to gain, gain confidence in my game and kind of you know hopefully take it to the next level and make some more plays and make make more things happen and. And, uh, you know, do that, go into the camp next year and try to put myself in a good spot. Now, Nate, I know uh, you said, you know, you, you got better at hockey, which was obviously the goal. You were – was your best hockey, would you say, coming right down the stretch, like right up to the suspension of the season? Uh, you were putting up points. And I know they put you in all scenarios, power play, uh, standing in front of the net, penalty kill as well. Uh, what did you think that you improved on the most during that big run at the end? Yeah, I think down the stretch was for sure my um, best bit of hockey. That's why for me it was really frustrating that it, uh, that it ended because it, it kind of took me a while to heat up. And once I did, um, the season just kind of ended like that. So um, I got better in, in, in all areas, I think. I think every year you kind of go in the summer and your number one things get bigger and stronger. And, and I do that and I just kind of trust the process and hope it, it works out. But um, so much of the game is mental. And, and after getting sent down, it was um, it was kind of tough for me. And then when guys get called up, it's, it's hard because 
Um, you think of all the, the different scenarios and how you wish it worked out, but at the end of the day, you got to just play. And um, I kind of learned to just play and have fun and um, hold on to the puck longer. And, and Mike's talking about making more plays, so it's about making plays, and I felt like I was doing that by the end of it. Um, I know you, you were talking about points there, and points aren't, aren't everything, and um, I found other ways to contribute, but at the end of the day, points – Points uh, can be your report card. So now I get to um, look at the points I got this season, and, and it's pretty rewarding to see uh, the numbers go up every day. Well, fellas, on that note, we'll wrap things up. Uh, it's been enjoyable. I, I love the off-topic, if you will, subjects, whether it's the teeth or the driving or who has the bigger room or whatever. It's fantastic. I know our listeners did as well. Nate Bastian, Mike McLeod, thanks for giving us more than just a few minutes of your time. And we look forward to seeing you whenever we're able to get back together again as a hockey family. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. It's been thank awesome. You. And Rob, Rob, thank you very much uh, for stepping in as the co-host. It was very enjoyable on this end. Hope you had fun. Oh, I, I had a blast. Learned a lot. A lot of material that we'll be able to use, both of us, in our play-by-play -play -play announcing for sure. Rob Lapolis, the play-by-play -play man for the Binghamton Devils, joining us on this Devils podcast. And again, special thanks to Nate Bastion and Mike McLeod for spending time with us as well. And thank you for listening. We always appreciate your company. It's very important to us. For everyone from uh, the Devils side of things, be well, be safe, be healthy, and we'll talk to you next time. So long, everyone.